0: feminine energy is the embodiment the expression the, the chaos if you will
1: so today we are talking with soul from the living narrative this is probably one of the most powerful interviews that i have had on the show. Unfortunately, there was some technical difficulties and the first part of our interview was erased. Oh, I was so upset. But so I'm just going to kind of give a rundown of what we talked about and then it kind of picks up. midway through the conversation. But you guys, there's so much juiciness in this interview. I swear you will walk away from this episode today feeling so inspired and so uplifted and excited to start rewriting your narrative, rewriting your story. So we talk a lot about sensuality and pleasure and feminine energy and masculine energy and how we can start to live from a place of authenticity and give ourselves permission to enjoy life, to stop striving after things that are just that don't really matter when it comes down to it. Soul is a hypnotherapist and integrative coach that helps people to activate their feminine energy in order to nurture and grow their confidence. Soul focuses a lot of her work on teaching people to embrace pleasure and play and sensuality. In the show today, she is going to share with us some of her advice and key tips as to how we can start to live our best life and change our narrative so that we can start to be and feel more empowered. Let's go ahead and dive in. So, like I said... The first half of this episode was erased unfortunately. But some basically I'm just going to kind of break down what we talked about in the first little bit. Luckily it wasn't that much of the interview. Um probably about 10 minutes or so. But um Sol had shared her story as to how she came to work with coaching people on embracing play and sensuality and pleasure and fun and kind of like living in a new narrative, like how she came to do this. And she shared a really beautiful story that actually resonated so much with me. Um, she talked about how she grew up with a single mom that had a lot of, you know, just like abusive boyfriends and there was just a lot of dysfunction and they were always moving and always feeling uprooted and always like struggling with paying the bills. And it was just a constant struggle and feeling unsafe. Um, Then she talked about how she just made it this goal of hers to be so different from her parents that she wasn't going to live that life. She was going to be successful. She was going to have all the things that she didn't have growing up. And so she did all of that she went she had a successful job she was she had a nice house she had all the things that on the outside would look to the world to be perfect to be what we all are striving after right the ideal life but on the inside she was suffering she had a volatile relationship with her partner and they were drinking all the time and partying and she just felt totally numb and totally discontent with her job and just unhappy and all the things that she was striving after were not giving her the satisfaction that she thought that they would give her. And so she found herself one night just staring at the the bottom of another wine bottle and thinking to herself that she was tired of this life, that she wanted something different and she wanted to create a life that she loved. So she really started to invest her energy into reading books and um, going to meditations and just trying to fill her mind and her heart and her soul with as much wisdom as she could on the topic of transformation and spiritual awakening and um, of course, Sol shared a much more eloquent and beautiful version of her story, so I'm pretty much just paraphrasing, but it's um, very inspiring, and I related a lot with her story because I too grew up with a single mom. My mom struggled with addictions, and so we were always uprooting and always moving, and there was always uh, just dysfunction in our home all the time, and... Um, But you know, something that Saul and I both shared in common was that we eventually came to understand that our struggles ended up being our strengths and because we went through so much pain and so much suffering at a young age, we're able to have compassion and empathy and connect with people on a level that we probably wouldn't have been able to had we not gone through so much trauma. Um, so it was really beautiful. I wish you guys could have heard her story from her own mouth, but unfortunately technical difficulties happen sometimes. But, um, so where we pick up, I'm going to start playing the interview where we pick up. I had asked her how she came into, um, uh, uh, discovering the power of sensuality and pleasure in awakening, who we are awakening that power within us so she was going on to talk about um how she discovered dance and how that had changed her life so let's pick up the interview where we left off ecstatic
0: dance has been a really big um really big and important practice in my life so in on this journey of like trying to solve my problems i was like doing all the yoga and you know doing the meditation and trying to do everything just right just like it said in the books and uh it it was great i would feel better um but it was still really rigid and structured and i was still trying to achieve a goal and i remember the summer my friend introduced me to ecstatic dance and i think that was you know one of the things that really allowed me to let go and just close my eyes and let my spirit just move through me in this raw, uninhibited way and feel what it means to be moved by life. Mm. And to this day, anytime I really let myself drop into that place of letting go and just allowing the music to move me, it's, it reconnects me to my body, to who I am, to my truth
1: better than any other kind of a meditation or spiritual practice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. And, um, you know, what I have noticed is there is so much vulnerability to it and it requires you to totally let, let your inhibitions go to be able to fully embrace the movement and to fully enjoy yourself during dance. I mean, for my experience, there's this really just this sense of embarrassment to to just move your body in ways that are not controlled, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, And so for someone like myself that has struggled with deep insecurity, it's dance was something that really has opened my eyes to just how much self-loathing i was holding on to because as soon as i would start to dance i'd go to to meditation classes and we would do a few moments of dancing just ecstatic dancing and during that i couldn't even think of anything other than how i looked what people thought of me and i felt this just overwhelming sense of embarrassment and it was bringing that to the surface and allowing me to see just how deep it went and allowed me to face that. And so I've definitely felt dance as that dance has been something that has helped me to release those emotions, release those feelings and face the insecurities that I've had, you know, buried deep within me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that self-conscious feeling like, my journey with dance did not start with like being in a you know brightly lit room doing choreography like I actually like cannot even follow choreography to save my life (laughs) 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 but um you know it's for me started like literally in the dark in my living room by myself Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and then just letting the music move me and yeah, it's it's amazing how coming back to that that presence of letting the music move through and then watching as it evolves as those insecurities melt away. Mm,
1: yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And it, you know, I mean, there's so many other reasons why it's amazing. I mean, also the the fact that you're just moving energy in your body and you're getting your blood your blood pumping and speaking of sensuality and pleasure, a lot of the time our uh sacral chakra is blocked you know it's it's stagnant and so for us to move our hips and move our body and, and do kind of more of the I guess sensual movements that helps us to release that creativity and open up that that area of our body where our yeah where we create from and yeah it's it's really an amazing practice I definitely agree. so you found sensuality and the power of sensuality through ecstatic dance, and you started teaching women you started coaching women on how to change their story, how to embrace their oh correct me if I'm wrong, do you coach only women?
0: no actually i work uh it's really interesting. I actually work more with men you work more. <laughs> I wouldn't like, have guessed that. I know this is such, um, you know, a turn of events. It's interesting, but you know, I, I love working with women. I am a woman, of course, and um, it's so beautiful to be in in sisterhood. And you know, I can really connect with women, you know, as having experienced those things. But so many men need support right now. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, they're resonating a lot more, even with, you know, the, the, the languaging and, and starting to realize that their sexuality is an opening for their own healing rather than something to, you know, shame and hide and, and Mm -hmm. do behind closed doors. And so, yep, I help all kinds of people.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And I I mean, really, we all have feminine energy, all of us, and Men, I think, especially, have that i mean women already have a difficult time embracing it, but men, i mean, the traditional views for men is like you have to be super, super masculine and um you know deny your emotions and deny your feelings and you can't be soft and all that but and I know that that's changing, you know there's definitely generations coming into the world now that are embracing um you know they're they're getting rid of those old tired cliches
0: you know the last program i was running was just for women and i you know i mostly speak to women (laughs) so yeah i talk a lot about um embracing and activating the feminine energy within us so uh it's it is quite interesting that men are really attracted to that kind of work (laughs) anyways
1: well i definitely think it's needed What are some of the common misconceptions that people have about sensuality and pleasure that you run into when you start coaching people? Yeah. Oh, wow. How many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Take all the time you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, you
0: know, at I, I, the key of it all underneath is shame. Mm -hmm. Um, but really from the surface level, it often shows up in just not allowing yourself to relax, you know, putting, um, your hobbies or, uh, something you enjoy doing or some kind of self-care or something that you actually really enjoy putting that at the end of the list when, You've done everything for everyone else. Mm, yeah. you know that just never comes around. That just you just get burnt out, and so putting putting your self care uh, at the bottom of the list is the I would say the biggest main obvious thing uh, that that most people, men and women. Um,
1: yeah, because I mean, I mean, I'm even guilty of that. Where you almost feel. You feel ashamed or guilty for indulging in something you enjoy. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing something productive. And I definitely fall into that trap even now where I'm like, oh, I really just want to watch some TV and lounge and chill, but there's all this work that needs to be done. So (laughs) I feel like a slacker or something if I do that. Yeah. So true. And it couldn't be more backwards, right? Yeah, because then you just end up burning yourself out, like you said, and feeling resentful and <laughs> cranky.
0: And, you know, the the number one um, cause, I would say, for procrastination is actually the unmet needs of the inner child. Mm. And basically what that means is that, you know, so what does a child need? It's pretty simple. It's like play, rest nourishment love and attention but it's pretty basic and so we all have this inner child inside of us and it's you know the uh, unconscious emotional body and if one of those needs aren't met then the inner child pumps the brakes and oh, wow. so you can have all of these things you want to do and it's just going to become more difficult. Your mind is not going to be able to think clearly, you know, whatever reasons or excuses will get in the way. And if actually you just took minutes to have a nap or read a book or something, you know, you'd be satisfying those needs yeah.
1: and then you'd be able
0: to focus. Again.
1: I almost, you know, and that makes me wonder, because one of my biggest issues with per- it, procrastination, I am like the pro at that. and i uh, I wonder if it's the lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for? The lack of structure that I had as a child, we were always moving, I mean, sometimes week to week, sometimes month to month, and never had anything consistent. I went to multiple schools, had multiple different lived in multiple different states. and you know, hop, hopped from hotel to hotel even for several years. So almost like that, I would kind of make sense that there's this like, like I still have that unmet need for consistency and structure. I mean, I know that sounds like that's not pleasure, but in a sense, sometimes I think having structure mm-hmm. when that's not something that you're giving yourself or for me, it's just totally, but it ends up, you know, catching up with me and causing me to feel totally overwhelmed and stressed because I don't uphold any kind of structure or routines in my life, which, you know, I think yeah. is okay for some people, but I'm like, I never thought about putting that together with possibly being unmet needs of my inner child. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's safe to create a, a solid structure and routine. It's not, it's okay to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, first of all, I want to say like, holy cow, I've never met anybody who sounds like we've had such a similar journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is totally destabilizing, right? Like when when your former years have been going around to so many different places, you have no idea what's around the corner, like your your body, your nervous system is basically conditioned for like not putting down roots or expecting anything consistent. And so that definitely takes some rewiring.
1: Just got like goosebumps just putting two and two together just now because it's so true. Like you stay on on high alert, like always anticipating what next, what what's the next obstacle I'm gonna have to face? What's the next thing that's gonna? And when things feel good or safe, I don't feel like I can relax because there's this feeling that the the other shoe is gonna drop. You know that something's gonna happen, and because uh, that's what it was like. You know, anytime things start to settle down, then all of a sudden it would be like. You know something terrible would happen and we'd be uprooted again and so wow yeah that's that's an amazing revolution right there yeah
0: I can relate a lot to that as well like with the um trouble implementing uh like a consistent schedule or structure and I think that the you know this isn't just about our feminine energy that we're talking about here because Mm -hmm. The feminine energy can rise when there's the masculine structure to mm-hmm. hold the container
1: for the yeah. feminine to rise balance
0: yeah,
1: right, like let that land <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and it's easy to swing one way or the other and I mean, I do think that predominantly most people have more masculine in their life um, just because of the culture that we live in um. But, you know, there's, uh, I don't know about you, but for me, I sometimes think that I have an over, like a predominance of feminine energy sometimes, but not in a, you know, it's not in balance with the masculine. And so I end up being very, um, this is something that, um,
0: can, I see a lot of misunderstanding with this, um, because we can have masculine energy in balance or out of balance and we can have feminine energy imbalanced or out of balance. So Mm. it's not like, are you more masculine or are you more feminine? It's, is your masculine energy imbalanced and is your feminine energy imbalanced? Mm. And even though we say like, you know, like when we look at the masculine energy in the world and things are masculine dominant, it's still out of balance. Like there's been a lot of work happening with the rise of the divine feminine and lots of like women, um, coming together in circle finally, you know, yeah, and a lot of attention there. But I think that when it comes to the masculine energy, there's a little bit of, you know, not necessarily a lot of examples of what that actually looks like. It goes from trying to control things you know, in our situation, let's say have a perfect schedule, or you know, the 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 weaker masculine energy is just you know not showing up mm-hmm. at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And so it's like can you hold the container without trying to control? Mm,
1: that's so true. I don't even know if I know what balanced masculine energy looks like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, like I said, there's not a lot of examples of it. You know, we're. <laughs> it's
1: so true. I mean, because you know, I mean, it is something that does seem to be predominant and it more like extreme masculine energy in our culture. So I think a lot of people just automatically assume we want to get rid of the masculine energy and embrace the feminine. But yeah, it makes so much sense that you need both yin and yang. You know, to to keep things in balance and to hold is a container for the other. Mm-hmm. So much oh, I that.
0: wanted to um, suggest something. This is something I've been uh, practicing with some of my clients and I've been impl- implementing it myself, which is starting. So like, if you're going to do a routine, start with something you absolutely love doing or that you've always really wanted to do and make that the first thing you do in the day instead of it being like, you know, you have to go vlog for 30 minutes, or, you you know, if you don't actually enjoy meditating, then, you know, might not be the best way to start your day or to start a new routine. And so this is just an exploration that I've been playing with. And it seems to be going really, really well. So what I'm actually doing, I've been wanting to play the guitar for like my entire life. (laughs) And so I start Monday mornings with guitar
1: lessons. I have a teacher who comes to me, and that's the very first thing that I do. That is amazing advice. Like some of the best advice I think I've heard in a very long time. Because it make you know it makes so much sense. Because if you love what you're doing, it would be so much easier to implement a routine. And there is definitely power. In routine it makes you feel safe it makes you feel like you're not out of control and it's you know we all desire that stability in our life and so wow and then I imagine it would be a lot easier to kind of add the not so fun things in here and there in between the fun things right
0: <laughs> right well the the whole idea here is that if you have this story that you tell yourself that I've never had routine or structure I've never been good at it and your body has that experience then changing that story requires like make it as easy as you can for yourself right Mm. and so if you give yourself something really small to do that you love doing and you can be consistent with that then your body goes oh I can be consistent oh this isn't this is easy and then when you start to tell yourself that story then you can you know progress to things that are. Maybe require a little bit more focus,
1: mm, yeah, that makes so much sense, so kind of getting back to the misconception, so you said that you know uh, we a lot of people think that they're not they're not allowed to enjoy themselves, not allowed to indulge in pleasure that that has to come after they get all of their work done, and they feel this unmet need that ends up nagging at them and actually causing them to be to procrastinate and and uh be less productive because they're not meeting those needs. So what are there any other misconceptions that stand out to you? Yeah, definitely. I'll ju- I think
0: I'll just give one more because I could literally talk about this all day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but another
0: one is that you know like it's not safe to be sensual or there's something s- shameful about expressing sensuality, sexuality, desire. Especially, you know, for men and women, again, like, I focus a lot on women, um, but men have the same experiences, just shaming their desires. And the idea that, but specifically for women, uh, the idea that if they express their sensuality, you know, it might not be safe, they might get this unwanted attention Or, you know, they might be labeled, uh, you know, the slut or whatever. Just all of this fear that there's something shameful around being sensual and expressive and enjoying pleasure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh, um, something that I have faced myself. My mom was actually a very sensual person. I'd say she was probably a little... (laughs) a little too much. so (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I kind of overly expressed sensuality at a young age and found myself in really unsafe situations. And so then it ended up, I ended up forming these beliefs that it was unsafe. And felt really insecure about, you know, wearing clothes that I feel really sexy in and felt like I had to dress more conservative and I had to um you know kind of like censor myself and I had a few times when I had people make comments about cuz I'm a pretty heavy-chested woman. So <laughs> it doesn't take much for me to have cleavage like I can be wearing a totally normal shirt <laughs> and have cleavage, but I had a couple people Um, At different times, make a comment about my shirt being too low cut and it was just like a regular t shirt. And, uh, you know, it just made me feel really insecure about my body and how um, then if I was going to be around uh, married couples or if I was going to somewhere where there was going to be men, I felt like I had to cover myself up so that no one would look at me and like I wouldn't bring too much attention to myself. So, I definitely can relate with that, that belief. And apparently after talking with you, I'm finding out that I still struggle with all these. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. thought I was coming out of them some, but. (laughs) There's layers to all of it. Yeah. And then, you know, I think also there is, and of course with the Me Too movement, it's become a topic that's talked about a lot more, which is, you know, sexual abuse and, Sexual assault, and that's something that we're it's always been a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever met a woman ever that hasn't had some sort of experience or encounter that she would consider um, assault or abuse. And you know, so I think that there's a stigma around that because you know, women often get blamed. For the abuse that they suffer. Mm -hmm. So, I do think that there's a big part of embracing sensuality where women are afraid that, yes, they're not going to be safe and that they may even be blamed if, like, they won't be protected. Like, nobody's Mm going to stand up for them or protect them Mm -hmm. if something does happen to them. And so they feel like they have to hide themselves, censor themselves, and be small. Um, That's a very real situation in a lot of places in the world yeah you know
0: like that's why there's layers to this because there are places where yeah there there's isn't that strong masculine protection Mm -hmm. and there's stages right and so when we start to come into our stories that we're telling about our situation and you know for me particularly I live in a very safe place You know, in my community, uh, there's a lot of um, conversations uh, about consciousness and being aware of owning our responsibility of how we treat others. And so, this you know is is a very safe place for women to explore being sensual publicly wherever they want, you know, but still in that one of the stories that is about boundaries and we can actually work on our own inner masculine in different areas of our life and that supports our feminine energy that supports our sensuality and so from the outside we could see that a man needs to protect a woman and then when we look on the inside our inner masculine needs to protect or in a feminine so sometimes that looks like you know having boundaries in when somebody says something that's inappropriate speaking your truth and saying mm-hmm. like i don't stand for that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i know in the past i've been like really shy to speak especially if we're in a group and mm-hmm. somebody makes a comment you know like I, there was a few years where i started to like bubble up in rage and be like I wanted to say something but I was still afraid mm. and it's taken a lot of work for me to to have, be able to have the courage to be the one to speak up and the thing is is when when I do then other people who are around get to learn from that experience as well whether it's women having the confidence to also speak up to mm. express their boundaries to protect each other you know yeah. I think that's what we're starting to see that's at least the story that I'm weaving and and encouraging other people to start telling as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the awareness around what's going on has definitely brought women together. I mean there's still a lot a lot more work to be done. There's still a lot of a far ways out before we um, you know completely rid ourselves of all the stigmas that women have carried for so long, but I mean, it's definitely moving in that direction. So we talked a lot about kind of what it looks like to be um, out of balance, but do you have any examples or could you kind of share what it might look like for somebody, for a woman who has their um, feminine and masculine energy balance and who is living, I mean, you probably have your own stories, right, to tell about what this looks like.
0: Yeah. Well, there's, what's so great is there's so many ways to express this. And so the masculine energy in a person is the, the structure, it's the stillness, the consciousness, the clarity, the confidence. And then the feminine energy is the embodiment, the expression, the the chaos, if you will. (laughs) Yeah the creativity right it's it's a lot messier and and expressive and wild and unpredictable Mm -hmm. and so the 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 word balance is interesting i don't like the word balance because i don't i don't think anything is really balanced in life you know I i think i guess the word i have this like thing with the word balance (laughs) it's like everything needs to be even but it's not you know sometimes it's like what's that saying um everything in moderation even moderation itself yeah that makes sense like there's a lot to learn from being more in one energy and then in the other but so all of that being said I don't necessarily think we have to be perfectly in balance. I think there's a time to invoke certain qualities Mm -hmm. and to be an empowered person, man or woman is to be able to call upon whatever you need in that moment, whether it be strength, clarity, consistency or relaxation, surrender, expression, feeling, and i think the more we practice each of these polarities and start to understand the essence of what it feels like to embody each of them in their extremes then we can dance in between them as is necessary yeah so that was a little bit of an abstract answer to your question oh,
1: but it makes but it makes sense because you know and I like to look to nature to have as my teacher. And, you know, even in nature, everything isn't perfectly even. Yes, there's a lot of structure in in nature. You know, things are predictable in some ways, but then they're not in others. And it is not necessarily like this constant balancing act, but yeah, like this keeping one thing in check. You know, when you see... Um, for example like a population of of something coming out of control sometimes you'll see nature come in and keep it in check so it doesn't get too take, doesn't take over right that's why we have like predators to keep populations under control and so it's um yeah that actually that makes a lot more sense because things aren't always just perfectly in balance so why would life be um But I think what you're trying to say is like it's more so just not resisting one or the other or trying to control it and tapping in and letting our body tell us and lead us and um, trusting ourselves instead of always looking outside of ourselves to other people to um, give us the affirmations that we need or, you know, make Mm -hmm. us feel a certain way and just embrace what we have our inner wisdom so to say
0: and and knowing what you need really being able to ask your body and your heart what you need and then listening to the
1: answer Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's definitely the key is just being honest with yourself and accepting all parts of yourself and being compassionate with yourself and not trying to force yourself into this mold or force yourself to fit this picture that you've painted of what your life or what you're supposed to look like and mm-hmm. that makes sense but well i really i do want to talk um about what's going on in the world i mean when we have the coronavirus and there's so much anxiety and so much fear around this because it's we're in a situation that none of us have ever really faced i mean we haven't seen the world facing something like this in our lifetime ever. Mm. And, um, so a lot of people are really struggling with, well, I know you don't like the word balance, but finding a way (laughs) to, you know, stay, um, just keep themselves from being overwhelmed with anxiety and falling into the trap of fear. Um, so I thought maybe you could share some, some of your perspectives on that.
0: Yeah, I've been um, observing and uh, being really still for, you know, the last several weeks. I've been really, really tuning in both to what I need and, and to what's happening around me and just observing, getting really quiet. And what I'm starting to notice is the anxiety that people are feeling and the fear I don't actually think it's new. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's been there all along. And just as I was masking my own insecurities with the, the drinking and the distracting with all of the friends and all of the stuff and this life I thought I needed to live, I think that so many people have been doing that, going to jobs they don't like, you know, numbing with whatever it might be, whether it's like social media or... Coffee, like it doesn't have to be like doing drugs necessarily. Mm. So many mindless things that we've done to numb our anxieties. Yeah, just distractions. Totally, and I just think at this point, a lot of those things have been removed. Specifically, Mm. work, which is like the number one thing that most people have been distracted by, is their job, having to make money. And now that that's been removed, people are realizing and noticing and sitting with their anxiety and fear and it's all coming up to the surface
1: Mm -hmm. and I think it's a good thing yeah yeah I mean I would agree I think that there's a lot of opportunity in this situation and I mean as somebody who does readings and I've went to the cards and I've done um, I've tapped in to the energy right now and I've been predicting for a long time that. We had a transformative energy moving in, especially in 2020. And I don't think this will be the last of it. I think we'll definitely see more events um, in the future. But I mean, this is not, I just think there's some powerful manifesting energy available to us right now. And it may feel really overwhelming, but if we allow ourselves to step into it and use it we could actually use it to cultivate the lives that we really do desire and yeah like you said I mean be able to step out literally we're able to step outside of our life right now and look at it from the outside in yeah and start to reevaluate like wow wow I didn't even realize I had these habits or had these routines that were not really beneficial or that I hate (laughs) you know like yeah. So I yeah I definitely think this is something that can work that a lot of people could grow from.
0: Yeah, I think um what's needed is to just go into whatever whatever the fear or the anxiety is. So if it's you know fear of not having money or like feeling like you don't have uh you're not contributing in a meaningful way. Or these are some of the things that um, people have been coming to me, telling me their issues are. Mm-hmm. And um, just feeling this anxiety of not knowing what's around the corner, the fear of uncertainty, and this wanting the sense of control. All of these things coming from, from essentially, from control. And not being able to let go and trust. And so I think being able to sit with it and first of all, have this energy of gratitude, knowing that it's coming up to serve you in some way. Just Mm -hmm. like I was sharing, I found that my wounds and the things that I thought were the worst things about me growing up turned out to be my greatest gifts. And so this is what I think when something happens in life, a loss or, you know, something doesn't go the way you think It's going to go, I have trained myself and I recommend anybody to take time and go, okay, there's something in here to be grateful for. And then coming from that angle, it's a little bit easier to sit with. And then your mind starts to work in a different way. Instead of trying to change a situation, it starts to accept it and go, okay, you know, like, let's be a little bit more curious. What's really here for me? What can I take out of this? Where is the opportunity? and it takes a little bit of the pressure off.
1: Mm, yeah. Well, from what I've heard people telling me that one of the things that's bothering them the most or that's taken them back the most is how fragile their reality is. Um like the things that they put so much like faith in and so much of their time and energy in was destroyed and like a few days, everything they've invested them, themselves into as far as, you know, money and things and the manifested world goes like, it it kind of makes you wonder or feel, um, yeah, it just takes you back when you're like, wow, all these things that I thought were so, so important that I've been working so hard. And then you realize like, none of those things are permanent and mm-hmm this is a, not really a foundation that you can build your life on. That's going to be a solid one. It's going to hold you. And so like, we can't put all of our faith and all of our, like spend our whole life trying to build up these, uh, castles in the sand is what I think of. And (laughs) I, and I read, um, tarot. And when I did a tarot reading for, the situation, I actually had the tower card come up and the tower card shows this tower being hit with a lightning bolt and it's crumbling to the ground and all the people are like jumping out. Um, And so it's like, that's what's happening right now. Like the structures that we've relied on and that we've put so much of our time and our effort and faith in are crumbling. And we're like, wow. And I think a lot of people are going to wake up and be like, okay, if that's not the foundation I need to build my life on, then what is? And they'll start looking and seeing that. I mean, ultimately, at least from my perspective, like life is meant to be enjoyed. Like the purpose yes. of life is just to be, to enjoy the pleasures of life. I mean, why else would we have an abundance of pleasures? Why would we have so many pleasure senses in our body if we weren't meant to enjoy it? Yeah i mean everything from touch to sex to taste to like all of it like sleep all these things are so pleasurable and we deny ourselves the opportunity to to really indulge in them yeah i'm with you i think that's the um the
0: ideal medicine for this time right now especially when people are trying to figure out what to do and feeling the stress and the the overwhelm you know getting into the body and doing whatever you can to enjoy to get into your senses and experience pleasure you know it's so good not you know for your whole body it's so good and and touch, especially, which is interesting in this time of isolation. Um, but even just touching yourself, like just stroking your own arm with intention,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like that can feel really, really nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really, really simple. Definitely. Well, <laughs> I'm so, 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 so grateful for this conversation. I think. Oh, the listeners are definitely going to take a lot of value from this. I'm taking so much value. I mean, I'm going to go back and listen to this and probably like a few times <laughs> and take all the amazing advice. And you really opened my eyes to a few things that I hadn't considered or hadn't really noticed in myself. So I really appreciate that. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It's been great to be here and uh, really awesome to actually connect with you and and hear a little bit about your story as well. Like I said, it's (laughs) not common to find somebody who's been in that kind of upbringing.
1: I know, right? It's weird. I mean, it's not common to find people that are uh, not self-destructing <laughs> yeah. That have grew up in that. Yeah, and a lot of the time when I do share my past um with people they're just totally like what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. I think people who have experienced the craziest stuff also have like the most amazing gifts to offer.
1: Mm, I I agree. It makes us stronger, it makes us more compassionate and able, and I think the biggest thing is it makes us, it helps us to um, have more empathy and connect with people because we have that familiar, the familiar, why can I say this word right now? Familiarity (laughs) with suffering, you know? Yeah. If the listeners want to contact you, like what services do you offer? Do you do, I know you do one-on-one coaching. Do you have anything else that you're offering?
0: Yeah, I've got, um, an online community for women and, you know, we're, especially in this time, super important to clear our mind and to get grounded and connect with nature, with our nature. And so I've got an online community for women to connect with the breath and the body and open our hearts. So that's a really fun thing that I, uh, am inviting you to. And if you go to thelivingnarrative.com, I'm offering free clarity call for, you know, anybody who's trying to figure out what to do next. Um, You know, what is the current events revealing? And, you know, what is the next step for you? What do you want to create with your life? There's a lot of really big questions. And so you offer a free hour long clarity call to dive into your world and see what's happening and see what your next steps are
1: mm, awesome i will definitely link your um, information in the show notes so anyone who wants to connect with soul can go to the show notes find the link there and once again thank you so much for being on the show today and i hope that you um, continue holding up through all this chaos coronavirus chaos and quarantine (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for having me Kristen. i hope that this episode was as valuable for you as it was for me soul had so much wisdom to share on this topic and i really think that this is the best medicine for our souls right now going through such a hectic chaotic In our world, we need something to ground ourselves into, and what better than to ground into the body? And we can do that through treating ourselves, through indulging in the pleasures of life, and allowing ourselves to just listen to our body and trust that it knows what it needs, it knows what's best. Well, if you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. That helps more people to find the show. Also, if you haven't checked out the Inspired Soul Podcast Instagram page, head on over there and hit that follow button. I post all of my announcements and pictures and lots of cool stuff, more inspiration on my Instagram page. It's my favorite place to interact with you guys and yeah, so I guess I will see you there, and until then, you guys take care, and stay safe, bye-bye.